Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, where everything is perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Today is a special podcast with our very own Robbie Sodder. How are you doing, Robbie? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here with you and just you. Yeah, just just us. Just a couple of guys messing around. Just, just a couple of guys. We, I mean, we could tell the other four Infinity Bros that we're going to do something that's more rational and just give them just a heaping pile of craziness. But in all reality. Well, I mean, <laughs> which is basically the movie we're reviewing. Well, yeah, I mean, it is a big pile of craziness, but I wouldn't say it's a... Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into that later. So today, <laughs> we are doing a movie review a time stone, the if you will. time stone! Of a great mid-90s hit, Batman Forever. Oh, so excited. Now, when I brought this up, Robbie, how... What were your first initial thoughts? Like, okay, I'll watch it. Or are you thinking, like, God, I don't want to waste my time again? Or what was what was going through your head? No, I was excited to I was excited to watch it. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to today. I've actually been sick, not with COVID, but with a cold. Um, because my kid had a cold and he got me or I got him. I don't know, but we've been, we've been sick. So I decided to stay home today just to be safe. So I watched, uh, Batman forever and I was excited to watch it. I don't remember the last time I had watched it. I know at some point in college, I watched the, those first four that came out. I watched them at some point, but I don't remember much about it. I, you know, you, you remember all the characters more than you remember the story, I feel like, in these movies. Um, so it was, it was fun to go back and enjoy it. I enjoyed it, at least. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. This is, out of the those four movies, like the the Burton 2 and then the Schumacher 2, Batman Forever is my favorite. It, like, hit me. Really? It's like, it was primetime youth for me when this movie came out, where it's like I had all the toys, I could watch it over and over again. And, you know, doing some more research for this podcast on this, it makes sense why this this movie and even Batman and Robin appealed to kids more than it did adults. Because, you know, I also enjoy Batman and Robin, and maybe one day we'll review that one and maybe I'll have a change of heart. But after this, after watching it a second time, I really didn't, I was like, you know, it was a product of its time and it served served a child well and it served me well. Right. I, I, I'm a lot like you. I, I had a lot of the toys from the Batman and Robin movie because they made like how many Batmobiles did they did they end up making for like all of these movies and yeah the Batwings and all the different suits and everything so yeah I had, I remember having the uh well it was like it was the gray Batmobile like the silver yeah, one yeah it was like the snow one it was a toy yeah, yeah they had a snow one because of course money marketing um that was like my toy for like two years like that was my go to toy for two I'm gonna years. dovetail we're gonna right into toys and stuff. So, this movie comes out in uh, June 16th, 1995, in the United States, and the reason, so, like, some backstory behind this movie is, it was, like, in 93, Warner Brothers decided to, you know, part ways, or, not necessarily part ways, but kind of go in a different direction from Tim Burton, because, and, you know, this is in one of the articles I have, and we'll share it with our show notes, um, that McDonald's, I think it was McDonald's, said they couldn't sell the Batman Returns. You know, they couldn't really, they didn't want to sell their toys because they were too grotesque. It was a dark movie. Yeah, it was a darker movie. And they wanted something lighter. And that's kind of how they went in 
or Warner Brothers decided to go with Joel Schumacher is because his vision was to make it more of like the Batman 66, more campy and goofy, which you definitely got a pretty good dose of puns in this movie. But then, I mean, it's times a thousand and then, you know, in Batman and Robin. Um, gosh, where is it? Because uh, in 93... Um, what's his name? Tim Burton had a had initially had a script that was going to be called Batman Continues, that kind of involved the same cast and crew. At that time, you know, having Billy D. Williams continue as his role as Harvey Dent, uh, had uh, which Wayne's brother was it that was uh, supposed to be Robin? Because he was originally cast to be Robin in these movies. I have no idea. You didn't even know that? That's news to you? That, that isn't... I, I didn't know... I knew there was a bunch of, like, casting issues with this movie. Uh, a lot of it around, like, Chase Meridian and uh, Nicole Kidman coming in. But, yeah, it, there there's so much drama when you look back at these movies on... And, and it explains why maybe people didn't like it, or people don't like it as much now. Well, yeah, I think it was a big deviation from... Uh, you know, what we had the first two with Tim Burton to go, you know, a very darker route to this kind of more campy, goofy, you know, punny movie. It's complete 180. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, it, it, I mean, it was still something special. I Yeah, for sure. Like, the colors are, like, the color like, comparing these two, uh, Batman Forever and, and, and Batman and Robin to Batman and Batman Return, it, it, it's night and day they're complete completely different directing they're completely different color schemes like and obviously and wb still is you know at fault for this at times where they kind of cave to to what the people want like right now rather than what's been working for them um and we could that mean that's a that's a whole other big argument when it comes to how WB is doing right now with DC. But no, it's, it's, it's the same conversation. It seems like WB just can't like stick to their guns on these DC Batman movies or, you know, just DC in general and find what's working and just keep going with it. Like, uh, I don't know, a man of steel two <laughs> that everyone's been asking for. Yeah. Damn. Damn. If we ever get something that we want from, the WB when it pertains to DC Comics, you know, as us, the one and two DC comic fans of the Infinity Bros. You being the one, me being well, the two. Well, well, of course, of course. Yeah, of course. Apparently, Michael Jackson lobbied for the role as the Riddler. Michael Jackson as the Riddler. Could you imagine that if that was, if that was who the Riddler was played by? Would this be a cult classic if he was the Riddler? I think it would be. I very much. But at the same time, I love Jim Carrey as the Riddler in this. Oh, I do too. Like he's he's perfect. Yeah, I think he. I mean, what we get a young, fresh off of, would it be Ace Ventura at the time? If that came out in '93, would have been yeah, Ace Ventura or Dumb and Dumber. Two. It was '92 or '93. So yeah, this was. I mean, he's you know right in his heyday. Mm-hmm. And then what was it? another another thing I read where Tommy Lee Tommy Lee Jones was reluctant to play this role but it was because of his son he decided to take it because other people that other people that were um 
you know, thought of for this role were uh, people like Nick Cage, Martin Sheen, Clint Eastwood, and Al Pacino. So, if if they would have made this movie the Tim Burton style, Clint Eastwood would be a perfect Two Face. And and I mean, even even Tommy Lee Jones probably would have fit that role better. And we talked we talked very briefly about this right before the pod came on, where I I think Tommy Lee Jones is the weakest link in this in this movie i don't like him as two-face he's like it's like the director was just telling him to be like and just go ah and tommy jones would just do that Gosh, I, I agree with you i think that ties into schumacher's vision to make it more of a you know batman 66 version set in the tim burton world where you know if you've watched that series everything very much is over the top acting where it's not taking necessarily as serious. All right, so before, right, which works perf- which works perfectly though for Jim Carrey, yes. which does not work for Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. It, okay, so that's what you're saying. Like you you would have Okay, I'm seeing this now. We keep Jim Carrey the same, but go even darker with with Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face. Don't make him funny. Don't make him the comic relief we already got no, with Jim Carrey. No, cuz you didn't need Exactly. You don't need two guys that are going over the top. When Two-Face is is hardly over the top when it, I mean, his different personality can be a little like over the top in a, in an evil sort of way and which can come off campy if you're thinking of just a general bad guy, but you don't like over the top and over the top don't bounce off each other very well to me, at least unless it's like a really good, uh, connection, which I know there's reports that Tommy Lee Jones did not like working with Jim Carrey during this. Yeah, that's something I was reading up about that that was <laughs> uh, wasn't good mesh with them. Okay, so here's what I found. Uh, it's actually on their Wikipedia page for this. Um, I knew I read it somewhere. Tim Burton. Okay, so this is the plan for Batman Continues. It was going to star Michael Michael Keaton was coming back, Michelle Pfeiffer was coming back, Billy D. Williams would have been Two Face, Robin Williams was supposedly going to be the Riddler in the Tim Burton version because he was originally up for the role for Joker in the first Batman in 89. But apparently like what I've heard, what I've read there is they used him as a ploy to get Jack Nicholson to take the role. So like I I was reading more on that. Robin Williams decided not to be a part of this movie because he thought he would be, you know, Rick rolled again. And then he was in the Jinomanji movie for that year. And then Marlon Wayans, was supposed to be cast as Robin, who well, I think was cast for uh, Batman Returns. But reading more on that, uh, someone in the head, probably in Warner Brothers, was like, oh, we have too many characters, so you have to axe, axe him. Which is just, unfor- like, could you imagine, and we talk about this a lot now, is, like, having more black actors in Hollywood. Like, they could have had Marlon Wayans early on, 1995, as Robin, which would have been huge. Yeah, that would have been all the... All the Pitchfork comic nerds would have maybe... Oh, yeah. Maybe not enjoyed... Oh, they would have hated it. Well, even Billy... B, Billy... Uh, Billy D. Williams. Billy. Billy D. Williams. <laughs> With his Colt 45 playing Two-Face, that would have been, been amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. And just retcon that, go from an actor you already had, and just be like, now nah, we're going to use Tommy Lee Jones instead. So we start off, we're in the same world as, you know, we were in the first two, this, like... This is what I loved about these movies with the Tim Burton and the Schumacher stuff. Just how grand Gotham City is. 
just these monoliths of buildings, these giant statues, this like inner working of subways and and you know over over street trains and tram and yeah stuff like that. And I just kind of wish they continue to do that with like future Batman movies instead of just making it place in like Toronto or you know Pittsburgh or you know, New York City, make it look like it's, at, you know, in reality. It's like, no, give me something that's more grand, just like the video games and comic books. Right, because if you really think about a character like Batman, he only works in cities that are, that are, that are layered, you know? They have high towers, and they go low down into the ground. Like, they don't really work. Like, a Batman wouldn't work in Des Moines, Iowa. There's a few buildings there. But like, what's he gonna? He he would just have to drive around everywhere, and eventually he would get caught because he can't sneak off anywhere. Whereas you have a you have these grand structures and everything, and, and in this world, the cops obviously didn't care about catching Batman. That's not what these at least Batman Forever was about. Um, but like, it makes sense to have this grand city that's supposed to be like you know rivaling Metropolis for greatest city in the world. Like, yeah. It, and I, I'm glad you you brought up those those giant statues because like as a kid I was like those are really cool and now that I'm older and I look at them I'm just like, huh? You can't just have a giant statue in the middle of the town like that doesn't make any sense. But it's still cool. But it's just like it doesn't make any sense as an adult. <laughs> well, that made me think that uh, not the giant one in the middle of the city, but um, there was one where they're like kind of they're on like the lo- like the ground level of Gotham and there's these, this giant statue that's actually like a pillar supporting like the train. Like, you know, it's one of the pillars that supports like the train track that's, you know, overhead. I'm thinking like, I, I think at one point this probably was like a grand statue that was, you know, before the trains were invented. And now they're like, ah, oh, we can't really take it away, but is it stable enough that we can, you know, put this beam through it and keep it as is? So, it's, you know, got a little history. Just throw in a train on there. We'll throw a train. We'll be good. Well, and if you talk about the comics, they, the comics talk about the history of gotham and how deep and varied it is and that that kind of plays to that so it's it's that in that aspects it's really cool so the first uh what was it the first scene we kind of get with batman is you know the batmobile coming out of the ground it's a new batmobile it's the real fancy one with the you get you get the dressing batman yep the dressing batman that has that now caters nipples on his suit which I, I always wondered why, like, even as a kid, like, why is that necessary? Like, why? And now as an adult, I'm thinking, like, who, what costume designer, or was it, like, the director? I guess I haven't read on that. Who decided, like, hey, we need nipples. I, I, I think, and and I could be totally wrong here, but didn't, like, Roman armor, didn't they always put, like, nipples on their, their stuff to make it look like that was their actual bodies? Or am I completely off base here? I don't know. I don't know either, but if that's true, then, and if that was the case why they went with it, then then I think we, as as a society, need to look at Batman Forever a little differently. One little point with oh, that whole scene, because we didn't only get that scene, like, once. We got it twice when he put on a new suit. Yep. In, the, in like, the final. The thing I, I don't, I didn't, yeah, his the final, like, go um the thing i didn't get is like that suit didn't have nipples and then like just after he puts that suit on they show robin and robin has nipples so they're like at one point someone was like i don't think we need the nipples so they took the nipples off they're like we all we already made the robin or they're thinking like oh well batman's backup suit didn't have nipples because like the new suits have nipples 
Maybe that was their thought process. Maybe I, I don't know. Some that it's it kind of goes, not back to it. It's it's a, uh, it's the original cat butts from uh, Cats. But these weren't CGI. You can't just you couldn't just make these go away. I guess. So in that same sequence, you know, you know, he's walking up to the Batmobile. He's gonna go, get in his Batmobile and fight some crime. And Alfred comes down, which I I love the Alfred in these ones. He's just so. He's non-threatening, but just kind of a little, you, you like, he's like a lovable character more so. He's like, do you want a sandwich? And then the first thing. No, I really like the Alfred too. Cause like I, if I didn't look up his name, which is what it was a David Glau, uh, something like that. Um, if I didn't look up his name, I would have no idea who it is. Whereas now they're like, we have to get a big name, like old actor to play Alfred so he can have these big important roles, which I do enjoy. But I didn't care who Alfred was during these movies. I just really liked who Alfred was during these movies. Same thing with James Gordon, too. Okay, so I just want to go back because I, I didn't want to sound like an idiot on this. Okay. But Roman Armor did have nipples on them. Good. There you go. Maybe that's... At least at least, at least the ones I googled. <laughs> oh, there you go. Maybe that will... We just... The Infinity Bros just opened up something that maybe a lot of people didn't know about. And we'll... You have now educated them. Now you're smarter for listening to our po- podcast. Yeah, maybe. We'll probably never be able to do another podcast by ourselves again. Max will hurt us. What if we just spent like two and a half hours talking about Batman forever? We go scene by scene. Or is that what we're doing? <laughs> I know we're we're uh, bouncing around right here, but I was thinking for our, if we ever do Batman and Robin, we should do that as a watch along and record as we watch it and just talk about it. So then, the, so then our listeners can watch it as we talk about it. I would love to do that. That'd be awesome. It would be like the the, uh, gosh, now now I feel like an idiot. What's it called when a, uh, you can go back and watch the watch a movie with the uh, directors and cast talking over it. Oh, the comment director commentary. The yeah yeah the director commentary. Mm-hmm. There you go. The Infinity Bros commentary. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> to continue on our diatribe of this podcast, <laughs> um, so okay, Batman's going off to. Um, it's like the bank that's being held up by none, none other than Two-Face and his grunts. And they're trying to steal a vault. And the one thing I noticed in this scene is that the grunts just, or his goons or whatever you want to call them, all are like uniformed. And I think that's, like looking at that, I kind of missed that like when I'm, I thought about like the Dark Knight Rises where it's just like a it's like a militia so no one's really it's not like color coordinated and you know blah 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 it just looks like a bunch of mercenaries together which I guess you could say they probably had similar colors and wares and stuff like that but I hope that's one thing like the Batman brings up with you know the different organizations that are going to be in that where you know the Two-Face guys had hockey or not hockey masks ski masks that were you know one half red one half black and all looked coordinated in a in such. I mean, it sounds goofy and it does non-realistic. But I just, I there's something aesthetically pleasing about that. But that's the comic books. Like in the comic books, all of these villains have their grunts, and all the grunts like dress up like them. Like I mean, and, and they did that in in the bat the original the Batman. Uh, Joker's goons had like a clown type feel to them. So that's that's something they they continued through those movies, which it it it, it can it's either, you're gonna go 
one of two ways. You're either going to hate it because you're like, where are these guys shopping and where, like, who's doing this for them? Or you're going to be like, this is awesome. This is comic book, like, to a T. Like, this is what it should be. It look it it looks great. It doesn't make sense, but it looks great. Oh, what is it? Is it Daredevil? The guy who makes his suit also makes suits and clothing for other people. So you just have a guy like that or a person like that, right? Who just right. happens to live in the underbelly and then like makes his stuff for people because they need it, and that's how he makes his money. That's how they make their money. That, that's it. Maybe that's it. But this scene is where we first get the over the top Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, where he's just, you know, just. It seems like he's screaming almost and is expecting just to kill the Batman. And this is where we get our first fight scene. And I, this is the one thing I noticed with these fight scenes in this movie. Everything just seemed very basic and slow. But then as the movie progressed, the more I realized, well, I don't think there was a lot of movement in that suit that they had where it's just all made of rubber and he can't move his neck. So it's not really like you can make it a super athletic and maneuverable like fight sequences that was one thing that i kind of took away from watching this movie i don't know why they went away from it but that first fight scene he used like what six gadgets and like and like they showed him putting on all those gadgets it's like cool he's gonna use all these gadgets and then like i don't think he used gadgets in any fight scene for the rest of the movie uh, he does at the correct me if i'm the wrong. very I, end I the I very end I can, I can remember well we'll come to that he shoots that thing but that's a gadget yeah yeah and it's where we get his, like, you know, yeah. bat vision, too. But, like, he was fighting six dudes and decided to use, like, six gadgets yeah, to take him down. What was it? Uh, when he's leaving the, the bat cave, we see this, like, array of different gadgets that he has. All chromed, too. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, like, damn, he's, yep. he's stepped up. He's got all these different weapons and being able mm-hmm. to disable his opponents and bad guys. And, yeah, you're right. We get, like, two shots and he's, like... I can just beat him with my fists. Maybe that's what his plan was, though. It's Batman. I think this is this this part might just take this movie down like half a point, half an infinity stone for me. But the actor that played the security guard that got thrown oh into the gosh. vault, yes, is so bad. And like he has to be like someone's son or something. But like he's the like one of the worst big time movie actors like ever. Like, how did he get this spot? How did they let him in? And how did it, Why was his audio so loud that, like, he drowned out Batman? Like... See, my thought was, like, did they just dub his voice? Because that's what I thought. It was, like, it seemed very loud compared to everyone else. Or was that, like, kind of the point? Like, this dude was supposed to be... You know, we're supposed to feel, like, scared for him. Like, he was a, a wimp or something like that. And that's... And, you know, then he sounded so screechy i wanted him to die <laughs> i hope he falls in that acid <laughs> i wanted him to fall in the acid like he gets a helicopter he lets all his goons die get gets in the helicopter pulls out the vault but traps batman batman gets trapped in this vault like that was that was two-faced's plan is hey i'm gonna just burn batman and this dude alive and steal this vault in a helicopter with <laughs> when you were watching it you do you send that to the group chat the helicopter has it has a it has like a it's 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 literally like a a bus wheel, a bus steering wheel for a helicopter. Like they're and they're just turning it. They're just turning it to like try and steer 
the helicopter that's in quotation marks steer they're steering it with a freaking bus steering wheel there's no like levers or anything yeah like you they're couldn't have like chopped off the top and bottom of it so you had like you know <laughs> just the rounded edges on the side that kind of make it look not like a wheel right so you can like move it back and forth or something no it's a wheel and they're just turning it <laughs> that, that made me think when you pointed that out and i watched it after you pointed that out so i'm just like focus on that the whole scene do you think or i haven't watched the batman 66 in forever like maybe there is a scene where there's a helicopter that uses a wheel and that was just a you know an easter egg for that that's the only way that's okay like that's literally the only way and even then it's still probably not okay because you got enough enough campiness you can make a helicopter like look kind of like a helicopter (laughs) You know, obviously he saves the dude, gets out, you know, starts attacking. Unfortunately. Two-Face. Two-Face kills the pilot, his other goon, because he's trying to shoot Batman. And then they end up flying through, you know, I don't know what it would be, but it caused an explosion. And the helicopter's fine. Batman's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that, that's, I wrote this down, wrote this note down. We had some good 90s, mid-90s CGI right there. Some top-notch. Yeah. In the in a dark background, where with dark characters and a dark vehicle, to make it look passable, and that blew my mind. Yeah, it looked like a PS2 video game. Yes, ex- yes, perfect. Oh, so, so the thing that that really that like I kept thinking about um, is when they they land, like they say, like he saves the guy or whatever. He's in the in the vault, and they land the vault perfectly back oh, yes. into like Batman the, had such precision like, to just. <clears throat> Right, but like you were flying around like all of downtown Gotham, and you're now perfectly right above it again. And then Batman has perfect precision, and that that little bullet thing that he used goes through the wall, then attaches to the wall, and then a vault isn't heavy enough to break said wall. And I was like, you know, it shouldn't work, but it did, and it does because it's a '90s Batman film. And I was okay with it. So to backtrack a little bit in this movie, mm-hmm. right before Batman goes up, you know, the flight of, or up the elevator, which obviously if you watch this movie, he's not technically in the elevator right away. And that's how he surprises them. But we first get introduced to the new love interest of Dr. Chase Marinian, played by Nicole Kidman, and our lovely Heck yes, James Gordon. But that's when we first get that, and... And that made me think, like, why is this doctor who's a psychologist just on the ground floor for for this incident? Like, is there something that I, I may have missed watching it where she's, like, his doctor? Because in the deleted scenes, you get a little more of that, where it seems like she's been following his case and stuff like that. When he, when uh, Gordon is explaining why why Chase is there to Batman, she's, he's like, oh, she's here to, because Two-Face is a, you know... Has, is, is is crazy basically or whatever it's like okay so like you called yeah so it's but it's like in my head i'm just like you called her up in the middle of the night to help with a bank heist for a crazy person <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's which i guess man. speaks to what's happening nowadays where you know counselors are going to start going counselors are going to people's houses but hey i guess whatever works bruce sees the bat signal again and you know, goes to it, and there's, you know, doc- the doctor, Chase Meridian, and she is clearly ready to get some bat, and it just flusters Batman, 
to high heaven. Because <laughs> he's the, like, uh, the, the I don't joke. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's never. It's later. It's, yeah, later. Well, doesn't she say in that scene, like, oh, do you like me better in, you know, leather and with a whip? You know, referencing Catwoman. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's a great line. Uh, no, it's a, uh, would you like me better in vinyl and a whip? Yep, there you go. And And you know what? I, I'm just going to say it, like, Nicole Kidman in this movie, my goodness, she is an attractive lady. And and, and Batman, it would have been hard for any man not to not to fall. Even Batman. Even Batman fell. Eventually. I mean, well, in Bruce two Wayne different did. ways, Batman. Bruce Wayne, I mean, and Batman. I mean, he showed up. He was ready to go. And then she denied him. So, so Batman and Bruce Wayne fell. That's a... a you just say just that. Just her I, in I general. This just note that says, pretty incredible stuff. <laughs> Batman can't. <laughs> Batman can't get with the doctor, but Bruce can. But the doctor does not want Bruce. <laughs> what a dilemma for a man to have <laughs> in Gotham. Hmm. Batman. Batman problems. So okay. So moving on. So then we get a little more. I think we get a little more scene where you know he visits the doctor. Where he ends up inviting her to the the go- what was it was it the circus thing first yeah that's where he first gets yeah, uh, in- yeah. introduced the, the Graysons and he has a line and I'm not I wish I would have written it down but it's a line where it's like I don't that would not fly oh it's a oh we need to get you undressed and then there's a pause mm-hmm. and you can see like her face like excuse me and then, and then he says into a black dress. <laughs> Because he, he's that's his line to pick, you know, to invite her to this fundraising circus act and stuff. Right. And this is about thirty minutes into the movie where we first get introduced to, um, the soon to be Robin, but uh, the Graysons, and their trapeze artists. Um, but in this scene, we get, you know, we get to see them do their, cir- you know, their high flying act, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, it's invaded by. None other than Two Face. And what I didn't understand this, like, how does he sneak in a lever to levitate this giant bomb, which he's threatening the whole crowd with because he wants Batman into this arena? But at the same time, with this, we also get Bat- Bruce Wayne yelling out, I'm Batman. And that, I think that takes a turn from, you know, a Batman lover. It's like, I don't think in this situation he would yell, I'm Batman. Right. Like, he would... I mean, he eventually does. He goes... He would just... Bruce Wayne would just go out there and start fighting. Yeah. And and no one around him heard that him yelling, I'm Batman. Yeah. Dr. Chase Meridian right there, not be, like, looking up and be like, what did he just say? Did he just say, I'm Batman? Pretty sure he just said, I'm Batman. Uh, but in... So, okay. So, he starts... Yeah. He starts fighting everyone. Um, also, why, why did it take him so long to realize that was Two-Face? Like, standing in the middle of the ring. Like, he probably has the best seat in the house. He's Bruce Wayne. Like, he walked into the circus and the newscaster was like, Oh, it's Bruce Wayne. Like, he has the best seats in the house. Like, did he not notice Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face standing in the middle of the ring? Was that hard? Well, maybe. I mean, maybe that was a whole thing because everyone was dressed up. Right. But but he's supposed to be Batman. Like, it's, it's not, a, not an excuse for him. Um... But then you get this, you know, the ridiculous bomb thing that apparently is, like, super light because Dick Grayson just hauls it around like it's nothing while climbing up a ladder. I'm thinking, like, either Dick Grayson <laughs> is one of the strongest men in Gotham or this 
bomb that has a 206 of dynamite in it is made of cardboard. Right. <laughs> yeah, because because he, he like gets it out of the top of the and then the, hoists the it out of that just, hole. He's like, just, uh-huh. just just yeets it out and it just falls into the water and explodes. And, and do, so so and, and I made a note of this. I was like, okay, so it went boom, and I was like, is there gonna be another boom? That seemed like a really small boom. I was like in my head because I think I'm used to movies nowadays where like you get like a little boom and then a big boom. And I was like waiting for it to be like a big boom and you see it come out of the water. Like it would have been really dangerous and that doesn't happen. And I'm just like, would that have really killed that many people? Like would people have been fine. I don't know. I it, Well, it went into the water. So maybe, I don't know. Does, can water be resistant to Maybe that did something I'm to not, it. I'm not it ex- was cardboard, expert on explosions. So. so I won't know. Yeah, there it is. Um, I, we jumped ahead. I jumped ahead a little bit, but before this, we get our first introduction to Edward Nigma in the science in the was it the science or technology division of Wayne Enterprises, and we get like his over the top like Jim Carrey acting with a little bit of goofiness, and obviously, and what we can tell as a viewer that you know his own boss doesn't like him. And he, you know, seems a little on the fringe and has crazy ideas, which he does because he introduces the whole, you know, brainwave thing. And, you know, that collecting it. Which I still don't really understand. (laughs) Well, what is it? It's, I mean, his whole idea is, you know, people lock in watching movies and then he's able to collect their mind and thoughts because this, you know, this, was it, it's supposed to project a 3D screen, but at the same time, like the under, the underbelly of it is he can now collect what is in your mind. And that's, you know, kind of the goal. And that's why Bruce Wayne is like, well, no, we shouldn't, you know, break into other people's minds. That's not right. Right. Cause Bruce Wayne understood that if you could project something into someone's mind, you could potentially, or if, if yeah, like if you could project something for someone to see, you could possibly take things out was like Bruce Wayne's whole argument with it. But the thing, the thing that caught me off guard and I didn't realize this rewatching, it was like Bruce Wayne was like, have my people check into it and then we'll we'll see kind of thing. And then Jim Carrey was like, "No, I need an answer now." Oh, that's yeah. And then then he told him then he told him no. I was like, "Dude, you could have just waited. He was going to check." Like cuz yeah, cuz he he explained everything that it was. And he's like, "I want it right now. I need to fund me now." Where Bruce Wayne like heard everything he says like just checking with my people. And then probably would maybe got it funded or maybe Edward was like, "Oh no, this is what he does with everything that he doesn't like." And then no, he never gets back to anybody. But yeah, I thought I thought the same thing. Like, man, how like how antsy are you for this project? If you're like just wait a couple more days, and all of a sudden you got funding, and all of a sudden you're making this massive weapon in Wayne Enterprises, and then he goes out and you know kills his boss, just straight up suicides him, yepsened him pretty hard, made it look like suicide. Do we know the name of that that boss? I, like who the actor is because he reminds me of a. Uh, uh... Man, I am I am losing my mind tonight. The guy who plays J.K. Simmons. Uh, the guy. Wait, wait J. K. you mean J.K. J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons. I, is there someone yeah. who plays J.K. J.K. Simmons somewhere? Is J.K. Simmons played by someone else in real life? My, my, I can't think of anything. The guy reminded me of J.K. Simmons. That's all I'm gonna say. And and yeah, he really reminded me of J.K. Simmons because he was like over the top and just loud kind of guy. And yeah, eventually. I think that plays into the whole Schumacher vision of having these over the top, you know, actor or these 
I don't know what you'd say, like over the top scenes with these actors that just kind of just really encapsulate the whole Batman 66 vibe. I, I also, that's one of my favorite, like, uh, introductions to a character is Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I mean, not, he wasn't the Riddler yet, but like your first introduction to him in that movie, in a movie that's already over the top and he takes it to a whole nother level and you're just like, it's Jim Carrey. I like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey makes me laugh. No matter what he's doing, he makes me laugh. So I enjoyed it. And then moving on from from that, uh, he, you know, goes back to his apartment. Like, after, you know, it's found out he's, you know, suicide. And note, he, you know, starts making these riddles for Bruce Wayne to, you know, figure out and even send some to Batman. You know, then goes into making his costume and all that, which... And what was what was one of the first ones was the Dictionary Man was that the one or oh gosh I I you know, using like, like a very old like he had... laptop right yeah he was somehow making Photoshop work by just like sliding things over on a <laughs> yeah. picture of a like a Stone David or whatever it was like question the, the question mark oh yeah that's right the question mark or the question I think was one of them where it made, made me think like. Well, there actually is a character in the DC universe that's called the question. Mm-hmm. But okay, so then moving on from, so yeah, because this is also simultaneously happening in the movie, because he's, uh, um, the Riddler is watching, the whole chaos happen at the circus, and that's what makes him, you know, have this urge to now. Oh, I gotta go team up with Two Face. So then after the circus, we get him showing up in Two Face's lair. And just, you know, uses his mind device to, like, you know, find... With a surprisingly young Drew Barrymore. Yes. To figure out where he lives and just casually just strolls in with his new outfit and brand new cane. And we get uh, some great Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones acting with each other. Which, you know, after reading some of the articles about them not getting along, like, how tight of a grip did Tommy Lee Jones potentially have on Jim Carrey during those scenes. Didn't he, like, want to punch him? Like, wasn't that in a report Yeah, that, that's what somewhere? I... Like, it was, like, it just... He just annoyed him so much. I've I've read that just about Jim Carrey in general on some of his sets where, where people don't realize, like, when Jim Carrey is on, Jim Carrey's going to be on, off and on set. Like, he's just going to annoy the piss out of everyone, which is kind of his thing. Like, it would be, it would be hard to be friends with Jim Carrey all day, every day. Because he's so, like, when he's being outlandish, he's he's going to take it to 100 every single time. So, like, I mean, I could understand that. He's also in kind of his prime uh, at 90, you know, whenever they're recording, 93, 94. Like, he, he's just done some of his biggest movies. Like, he probably thinks he can do whatever he wants. So, like, he doesn't care that Tommy Lee Jones is playing Two-Face. He's going to do whatever he wants. Which I, which I love. He, I mean, he... Like, we've already said, like, Tommy Lee Jones is the weak link here. Like, Jim Carrey was great. Tommy Lee Jones is, like, just ridiculous with his constant ahs and ohs. And, like, I, I just didn't understand what was going on with him. And I'm just imagining, like, him just being like, hey, Joel, I don't think this is what I should do. And Joel's like, no, man, they'll love it. And he, he's just like, I don't know who's going to love it, but they, they are going to love it. Because <laughs> that's the whole thing. Someone had, they had to do dailies where people were like, we need more odds. Yeah, WB's already paid me. I guess I'm just going to do it and I'm going to get out. All right. So then they end up, you oh. know. Wait, I want to touch on that scene really quick. Okay. Because we didn't talk about how young Mark and young Robbie were introduced to 
different types of women in scantily clad sugar and spice very early on yes like that was early for me and i already knew i liked the white side better like i just liked the drew barrymore side better at that point i was like that's the side for me over there not really sure why and then eventually older robbie got into the scene stage and understood the other side so i like both sides but like i just i i i got the i got the uh the dean i hope this doesn't awaken something in me (laughs) scene like in my head like like seven or eight year old me was probably thinking that when he watched this movie i don't think in the manner you're talking about but i was definitely i were i can remember as a kid being more of a the spice side of things so maybe that explains a lot but you know that's not that's not for this (laughs) podcast a lot (laughs) it's for it's for max to edit out that's what it's in that scene though this is where we get a little um some bad editing per se because he walks in nothing in tow just his cane and that that one little rod for the mind to control but when he kind of convinces two-face that hey we're going to use this to find batman his two little, like, devices that, you know, are supposed to go on the top of the TVs are already in the lair. And we did not see him walk in with those. Maybe he's just there before they got oh, there. Oh, maybe he was, yeah. The... Maybe he was there before they got there. Very true. Which, but, yeah, whatever. It's the 90s, man. Because, you know, yeah, especially the 90s where pause and a clear, crisp pause on a VHS was never the best thing. All right, so the moving on from here, we get Dick showing up to Wayne Manor. You know, him being abrasive and be like hey once they leave i'm just gonna ditch and blah 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 and wasn't that transition kind of weird to you yeah like there was never just a talk like hey dick you can come to our house like unless i did i miss that well i think that's just in the third movie of these like hey if you're showing up for batman forever you kind of already know what happened you know he's gonna foster him or adopt him or become his right ward or whatever but i like how that he convinces him to stay by like, hey, you can fix up the motorcycles and I'll give you one if you do it. Right. And Dick's right. like, ah, I'm all in, bruh. You got me. This is what I wanted. Building motorcycles and being fed great meals. This is all I need. This is how I'm going to grieve. <laughs> and then we get uh, like a bouncing around where he is kind of, you know, you get a little interaction with him and Alfred. I mean, there's the laundry scene where he, like, oh, oh I like to do my the own laundry self. scene. Where he just, you know, does all these uh, action I did, moves. I and... did, I cringed during that yeah, scene. Yeah, it was, it was that awful. That scene, I was just like, why? And then we get why him. Why is that in there? You know, at one of the doors, like, hey, why are all the doors open but not this one? And Alfred's like, oh, that's where, I laughed at this one. This is where he keeps all, or this is where all his ec- or dead wives are, or in that room. Uh, that, that cracked me up too much. I don't know why. And then he's, oh, it's a silver silver room and then it's like at that point it kind of feels like okay i think alfred's setting him up to like want to go in there more because in the last scene where he's like uh master dick where are you yeah i think it's master dick he calls him um he's like i'm right up here alfred and he's like okay and then like opens the door wide and walks in like you know teasing him to come in gets in boom right through all the way down bam he's in the bat cave an intruder alert goes off, and yeah. next thing we know, because we go to, back to the scene where it's, you know, Bruce and um, Meridian together, I believe, and in that time, apparently Dick is able to get into the Batmobile. It's not like Bruce set it up where it only allows him to drive it, and we just see him cruising around town. 
we got this whole laundry scene we got him jumping down from the like the third story we got like every single step of that scene and then him sliding like through a door through the cabinet into the bat cave and then they don't show him getting in the batmobile yes like why don't you give me that scene where he's he's like checking out the car and then you, you can tell he realizes hey i can drive this and then gets in and gets out of there like alfred can't press the button to like neutralize everything like what is alfred doing like shouldn't alfred like be a little more like on top of that like yes he wanted to like introduce him to the same but like you can't just let like an 18 year old 18 year old kid go out in the batmobile <laughs> yeah like come on alfred and then, yeah then that pursues to him you know trying to fight another gang in the city and batman shows up and sort of saves his life and then we get this whole kind of sequence of bruce wayne giving up being batman because dick found out for about two seconds because then we get the uh they you know it's halloween and they figure out where he lives because there's a backing up a little bit there's another you know fundraising thing that because now the two-face and the riddler have teamed up now they've been wreaking havoc stealing blah 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 and the riddler has a sec you know his secret identity of you know edward his actual self edward enigma and creates this corporation that you know gets everyone to buy these TV uh, mind-controlled, or it's not mind they don't know it's mind-controlled devices, but, you know, a device that's going to make 3D images for them and make them zombies to the, you know, watching TV. So, you know, the rise in the power, so it's like an event he's putting on, and that's how, because Batman, or Bruce Wayne goes into one of these rooms where you can get that experience, and that's how they, you know, trap him and figure out he's Batman, which then leads him to Wayne Manor, where they invade, where it's him and chase meridian and they just trash the place blow up the bat cave kidnap chase meridian and just leave well okay so this is another thing so at one point unconscious bruce wayne two faces like got a gun and he could just kill him right there and the riddler stops him because riddler's got to play his you know his his riddles and his jokes then we'll never learn nothing two faces like i hate that guy i could have i could have done it and now this now I'm falling. So so you get this kind of montage with with the Riddler and Two Face going and and they're robbing all these places, like over and over and over again. And we don't see there's no Batman scenes like with him trying to get them or anything, which is like, uh, okay, I guess they're they're robbing stuff and Batman thinks it's petty crime. So who knows? I don't know. Um, and then like. The thing that gets me watching this is like, what is the what's what's the transfer of time here? Right. Because now they're they're trying to say like Nigma's like machine is like outpacing Wayne stock two to one. So like yeah, we which, at least get like which is a few impossible. months. But that's what, like you have to make there has to be enough time where you're producing these things and they function, and then they're just selling like hotcakes. Right. And just in Gotham, like, too. Like, their sales it, are yeah, only but yeah, in Gotham. that's the thing. It's just Gotham. Yeah. And that's the thing I didn't understand. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would they only care about the stocks in only Gotham? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's just like, like, how much time is transpiring here? And then, then you get a little, you get Jim Carrey, like, trying to, like, showboat a little bit in front of Bruce mm -hmm. Wayne, which I, I actually thought was very interesting. I wish they would have. I, I don't know how they would have done it, but maybe gone with that route a little more. Because, I mean, it seems like that's all he really wanted. He just wanted to be seen, uh, Nigma that is, wanted to be seen as, like, the superior intellectual mind, which is Nigma's whole thing. Well, which is what he wanted, yeah. Right, yeah, that's his whole deal. So, like, you could have gone more with that. But 
obviously that wasn't the point of this kind of movie. So it's it is what it is. Jumping then again forward after they've destroyed the Batcave, you know, Dick's fine. Bruce is fine. Uh, they go down to this you know bombed out cave and this is when they decide to team up, and Alfred just happens. Oh, I went to the tailor and got you know. Robin the suit, right? Which, in, in my opinion, is my favorite Robin suit. Out of out of comic books, shows, movies, my favorite. It just works. Like the nibbles don't work. Well, they do if you, they're for Roman. They do now based because off of that. Roman armor. There you go. Yeah. There you go. But like, no, the suit is awesome. Like the yeah. suit just is cool. Like that you could update a little. Like bit. A, like the darker tones on yeah. it. Yeah. But so another part with that scene so like okay so you get you get robin is got his new outfit uh batman gets his new outfit um which i actually really like that bat suit to be honest to be honest the two bat suits in this movie i really enjoy like besides the nipples of course unless it's actually from the roman armor and that's what they were going with and then we can just look past i really like the bat suits they have really cool edges there's some really cool scenes where he's standing like just in his dark suit and there's a light behind him and he looks just dope. Like he looks like a comic book Batman, which I really like. Um, but moving forward a little bit that you, you see that they find the two vehicles that aren't destroyed. Yep. The boat and the jet. And you're thinking about that. And then you realize that the Riddler meant to do that because then they play their game of a battleship. Like as a child, I, I probably loved it, but like now watching it again, I'm like, why was this their choice to like fight against <laughs> Batman and Robin in their vehicles to have a battleship esque station that both you, or the the Riddler and Two Face are at to blow up? Right. How long did that take to put together? Because at the same time, <laughs> their goal is to at least, well, for sure get Batman. But obviously, like what we get to the end, they want Robin up there too. So it's like. What was the point of all that? Um, but that's what we get. We get the introduction of the, the Batboat, and it just blows up. <laughs> we get it blown up within a minute. Same thing with the jet. Of course, you know, Batman saves Robin. Because Robin's in the boat, which blows up first. And they get to the island, and the island's totally made on metal. And we get a, a very throwback to Batman 66 with a holy, you know, rusty metal Batman or something, whatever he says. And then he uh, he 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 like explained it to him too. Yeah, which I found was funny. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't get it, but 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 now he was like, "What what did he say? Holy rusted metal Batman or something like that." Yep. And and, and Bruce Wayne just looks at him like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "The it, the whole island is metal. It's it's rusty, full of holes." It's like, "Oh, okay, it's full of holes." Oh, uh, uh, okay. Like a confused Batman, like, "Yeah, all right," and then you know. Then the island starts... Why in the world did you just say that? And then Curious Robin just keeps climbing up, and then, the you know, the island starts going up higher and higher, and then we get this, like, just weird scene where Batman, like, sees, oh, there's a door right there, so he just points at it, no words, and then Robin sees that he's pointing, and then he just enters in to the, you know, obviously the shaft where he can climb up, and we get a little... Okay, just, just pause for one okay, second. I'm, I'm paused. Pause, pause for one second we we talked about the concept of time a little bit and, and like 
when did he make a giant metal island? Exactly. <laughs> like maybe maybe six months went by. Like maybe that's how much time went by. There's no, oh, there's no concept of time. That that seems way too short. It's a comic book movie before they came became like the thing, I guess. But then, okay, just, so then we get him climbing up just this, the shaft, and you know, slowly this. I don't know what you'd call it, but, like, it encases the whole shaft, and it's coming down, it has, like, spikes on it, which makes you think, like, why in this, at this point in the movie, do we need something that's an object that's in Batman's way? Like, why is that important right now? Because, I mean, he able he flips it, and it falls down, and he's just able to use the chain to hoist himself all the way up, instead of just getting, us getting, like, oh, he's in the shaft, and then the next scene is him out, but we see Robin has been captured. Yeah, a whole lot of things of, like, the Riddler really planned for all this. He really planned for Batman just to get through all of this. But, like, Batman could have died at any of these other points and Riddler would have had, like, six other steps that would have been useless then. It just is what it is. And, then, okay, so he finally gets up there and, you know... Well, A, we get a, t- a scene with uh, Two-Face and Robin and they fight and Robin gets the best of him, but, you know, he's hanging on by... You know, he's bar- Two-Face is barely hanging on because, he's on, you know, the whole island's lifted up. And Dick decides to save him, which obviously doesn't bode well for him initially. Because, you know, Two-Face has another gun on him. And that's how he gets captured. So, you know, Batman gets up there and we see, you know, both Two-Face and the Riddler. who's also The Riddler is also in another outfit. A uh, very cooler outfit. Which is, I want a Funko Pop of that outfit. Oh, yeah. I, I yes. Wanna... Where his mask I... is also a question mark. Yes, that's a great outfit. Yes. And I hope the Funko Pop they make also lights up like that, because that would be dope. Though the, there is there is a there is a diamond series where they make like the outfits shiny. They could one hundred percent do that with that outfit, and people like, would pay for it. I pay for it. Yeah, it'd be a Hot Topic exclusive. We would go to Hot Topic together, hold hands and such. Pick okay, up, <laughs> pick up some band tees. <laughs> yes, some great band tees. <laughs> Okay, so then this is like his final hurrah for the Riddler is, you know, hey, you have to either save Chase Meridian or you save Robin. You can only choose one, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, obviously Bruce Wayne being the smart guy he is, is like, hey, this is how I'm Who would you choose? I'm both. Obviously, I'm Batman. But if if it was you, just, just as you, who would you choose? Chase or Robin? Probably the boy. He's the young boy who i have that's decided I, that's to take care because like how do you explain that if you survive all this like why was <laughs> why was robin your ward in this suit dead at the bottom of this pit so that's I See, think... my thought was like that kid's gone through so much trauma already like i'm sorry lady but like that kid needs a break like it's gonna be him <laughs> but yeah so he, you know riddler introduces him this challenge to either save one or the other and if, you know Bruce Wayne knowing and Batman, same person, obviously same person. <laughs> Don't know why I didn't explain that. <laughs> you know, is like, hey, I'm going to give you a riddle. And I forget the riddle off the top of my head, but the answer is a bad. But, you know, because it gave him enough time explaining if he's able to get his yeah, other gadgets. The, the answer is you're as blind as a bat. You're as blind as a bat. But, you know, in saying it very slowly, he's able to get his other gadgets, which he finally is using to, you know, shut off the lights by destroying that giant thing on top which apparently Whatever housed all was. the information yeah. from people's minds and get his you know night vision or sensar vision or whatever you want to call it 
sensor mm-hmm. vision. And he's able... And then apparently destroying that opens up this... Instead of just individual shafts, like a giant shaft, where he's able to save both of them. Yeah. Because as, you know, the Riddler's being, you know, oh, it's happening, I'm getting mind-melded, basically, is able to release both hatches, and they both fall, saves them both. And then we get that that sequence with, um, uh, you know, how, you know, the demise of two faces is, you know, he's going to shoot them. And he's like, well, you got to flip a coin, don't you? <laughs> and as he does, and this is what I love, just where did he have a bag of coins on him where he just throws them up to then throw off two face who then falls to his death. How happy do you think Tommy Lee Jones was like when he read that he was going to die in this movie? Probably ecstatic. He's like, Oh, my character is not going to live. Great. Fantastic. But I mean, I guess, I guess at that point they weren't making like, all these things in a massive series like they are now so he probably didn't worry too much but he's probably happy that he died and then you know we get edward enigma all mind melded and you know he's off to jail or arkham asylum and then we get that final scene uh with uh and this i had a note on this because you know we get dr chase meridian and the other doctor whose actually name is dr burton who is supposed to be i think a parody of tim burton by the you know how they have him dressed up and stuff and you know chase meridian says you know he knows um the, he says he knows who batman is yeah he knows who batman is as in like you know it felt to me like it was almost like a jab at burton like he's the one who really knows who batman is but you know here i am directing this movie that's to me that's what Mm -hmm. it felt like and then you know it's jim carrey all crazy and cut up his suit apparently and like i'm batman and then you know flaps his wings and then, you know, next scene is them leaving Arkham Asylum and driving away. And that's how Batman Forever ends. And that's how it ends. I mean, it wasn't a good... I wouldn't say it's a cliff... I Like, obviously, I don't know if they... In the 90s, they just didn't plan for sequels or to leave, like, a cliffhanger or even something. and the, Or were just were all, spoiled in modern times. They were all one-shot times. stories, yeah. basically. They were one-shot stories. You, you, didn't, you weren't planning for, for a series of movies. Like, looking back at it now, it's very much like what James Bond does. You kind of get, like, you're, if you have the same actor, they kind of all tie into the same story. But they're okay getting a new actor and kind of telling a new story and not really having the old stories be a part of anything. Right. Like, they're connected, but they aren't the continuum. Like, the continuum doesn't really matter. You're connected. The same characters are kind of in play, but it doesn't really matter that much. So, are we on Are we on to our ratings? Yes. So, Max, put your, the rating here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast... Everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an Infinity Step. Alright, Robbie, what is your rating of this movie, now have watched it in 2020? You know, I, I thought I had a rating in my head. And then then we talked about it a little more, and it kind of went up and down. And... I think this is a fair rating. I think it's a good rating for it because in 2020 it's it's definitely a movie with flaws and I think nostalgia helps it though. Mhm. And you might not like this rating. I don't know. I give it a 4.5 out of 6. Ooh, 4.5. I think it's I think nostalgia-wise it's watchable. I had it on with my kid. Uh he thought it was fun to look at. Um I think I think we're spoiled a little bit with the movies we have, and I, I, 
I, I don't know. I just, there's something about over the top comic book movie that I really enjoyed. And I think is why I actually still kind of enjoy Batman and Robin. I need to rewatch that one too. Hey, but our next time together, just us, we'll do it. For sure, for sure. Because I already know that I loved Poison Ivy and Bane in that movie. And I loved Mr. Freeze. I know Max hates Mr. Freeze in that movie. Well, but... and Mis- Mr. Freeze is good in that movie too. Like, I, th- there's something about these, sh- these Schumacher movies where he took villains that we still haven't gotten again besides Bane and Two-Face yep. briefly. Like, and he used them the entire movie. And, like, they were, like, cornerstones. And, and and you know, not maybe not 90s accurate, but 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s comic book accurate versions of those characters. Obviously, everything in the 90s got darker, and Batman has continued to get darker as, as he's progressed. But, like, we got villains that we still want today because Batman has so many good... He has such a good rogues gallery that we don't need to keep overusing the Joker. Like, there are really good characters with really interesting backstories and interesting ways on how they do things. Like, let's have a little more. And maybe maybe that's what does it for me. Like, I don't really enjoy Two-Face, but gosh dang it, I do love Jim Carrey as the Riddler. And and it just, it works for me. I, I would watch it again. And, and like I didn't hate my time watching it. Like that that's the biggest thing. That's why it gets a four point five. No, I, hey, I'm with you. I, I would give it a four point five too. I know so it's my favorite out of all of them, but like as a movie per se, I think yeah, it's you know it's definitely a movie of its time. But you know a lot of people that give these Schumacher films crap is you know they're not like the right movies. But if you do your reading, which we'll put in the show notes, but these some of these articles, is that wasn't the case. We weren't getting. A third Burt movie with Burton overlooking it we were Joel Schumacher's whole idea is hey I'm gonna make it more like 66 make it more family friendly and and sell toys for you guys because that's where money's really made in this industry that's you know Batman toys still sell to this day so so when you look at it through that lens I think that makes it you might I you know whatever Max doesn't call BS on me on this one anyways I think looking through that lens, if it's supposed to be more camping, a family-friendly movie, then it makes it better, or in my head, gives it a better rating. I, and I think we, I think we do that with a lot of movies that are that are from our childhood. I think they have a, you know, you have the rose-colored glasses on when we look at a lot of those movies, and and maybe that this is for for you and me, like these Batman movies are probably a big part of that, because when I think back to these Batman movies, like the Batman, Batman Returns. Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I remember Batman Forever and Batman and Robin before the other two. Like, it's hard for me to, to like, watch the Batman and Batman Returns. It's probably because we had the toys for Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, so, like, those stuck with us more. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that could 100% be it. And they were, and they're more family-friendly movies, so they were probably on TV more often. Yeah, my grandma had them all, and we would watch the colorful ones because she would look at the case. Like, you look at the cases for these movies, and I'm sure you oh, remember yeah. the cases. It's just dark for the first two. Batman Returns is scary looking. It looks like a scary movie. Yeah. Because, yeah, isn't it? Is it? Is it Penguin? Is it Penguin, Catwoman, Batman? I remember in the video started looking at that, and I'm like, I don't want to see that movie. Like, as being little. Because it just looks scary to me where you look next to Batman Forever and Batman Robin. Like, you know. They look, yeah, you're right. They're more colorful. They're 
marketed to kids. There's a bunch of, you know, interesting looking characters and like still scary-ish looking characters, I guess. Like you could say like Two-Face is a little scary because that, that was one thing I, I really pinpointed when I was watching was like, how did they do his makeup? And he has some like grotesque features on his oh, yeah. dark side. Um, but okay, so, so, so this is completely off topic from what we're talking about right now. But do you ever get confused when you're or- reordering these? And you always think Batman Forever is the last one, and Batman Run Robin is this one because I do that all the time. Oh no, no, <laughs> I don't. You don't? It just makes more sense to me because like it makes sense. Like this is the first one with Batman and Robin. Like this is Batman and Robin. The next one's Batman Forever because it's like it's the last one. Batman lives forever. I don't know. Oh, I see your logic. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why that gets mixed up in my head, but it always does. So when you said Batman Forever, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy. Well, good thing you, good thing we are, we communicated a little bit to make sure you're watching the right movie. That would have been interesting. We both come into this podcast and you're reviewing Batman and Robin. I'm reviewing Batman. We do Forever. three hours and we just review Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. We just end and up Max watching Batman it. and Robin together. <laughs> All right. So instead of doing our top five, we are doing a little thing special. We're going to recast Batman Forever. For 2020. Robbie and I are now the producers and casting directors for Batman Forever 2020. And our we're going to go... These are the people we're going to do in this order. We're going to do James Gordon, Alfred Pennyworth, Robin, Chase Meridian, The Riddler, Two-Face, and then we'll both give our Batmans. So this will be interesting if we have any, any people who are going to be the same. So, we'll start you off, Robbie. Who would play your James Gordon in this movie? My James Gordon, because I because I, w- I want him to have more screen time. Because in this movie, he was just kind of a wasted character. But I think Samuel L. Jackson would be a perfect James Gordon. I think it would be he would be great at it. I think it, I mean, obviously he's in the Marvel Universe, whatever. I'm doing whatever I want. We're the, we're the ones doing it. We're able to get these people in. We do what we want. It's Samuel Jackson. It might, I, people probably say it's better than mine. I went with a, the actor. I think it's he's a Mexican actor, Demian Bashir, or I'm butchering that last name. But he's in Weeds. He's uh, a love interest and the head of the Mexican cartel in that movie. And then he's also the the pastor father in The Nun, which was one of his more recent films. If you've seen that, so a little more obscure, but I just. I, if you go look him up, I think he'd be he'd probably play a good James Gordon. Slap a mustache on him, and boom, we got a good James Gordon. Um, what would be who would you cast as Alfred? We bring back a character from the original Batman Forever, a character who didn't want to be there, but he was there anyway. Tommy Lee Jones. You have Tommy as Lee Alfred. Jones. Look at as you. Alfred, because in my head. Alfred, to me, is a man who decided to become a butler after a life of just a very busy life, um, if that makes sense. Like, if you if you read into some of the comic books, like, Alfred was part of a... Right, right. So, like, in my head, I want someone who looks like he's battle-hardened and he's ready to just have a calm, gentle life. And I think that's Tommy Lee Jones. I think he fits the part. I think he can also be... Uh, a very wise 
seemingly wise man, and I think he would be good at a good as an Alfred. I, I just got one question for that. Do you have Tommy Lee Jones with an English accent, or are you going straight American English accent? And we're just gonna retcon him and be he's just an American instead of. Yeah, it would it would have to be he's just an American because I don't think I don't know if Tommy Lee Jones has a has a you know has that accent in him. Um, I went with Gerald Butler. That was my pick for Alfred. How old is he now? He's gotta be in his fifties, right? But that was kind of my thought with Alfred is going a little bit more younger, where he's kind of still in that you know same thing with you, where he's been a mercenary or worked for uh, whatever the CIA version of the UK is. All right, moving on to Robin. Who are you casting for Robin? So I had to do a little digging to find a good Robin because I I couldn't think of no young actor came to mind like like in a snap kind of thing. Um, so I found this 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 young man named Noah Gray Cabby. He has a few roles in um, Heroes and like the Heroes United or whatever it is. Um, so he's had a few roles in that, but like, I looked at the picture of him and I was like, this is the kid like I want for Robin. Like he look, he looks like a strong built kid with like kind of a baby face. And I'm just like, this kid looks great. Like I would love him for Robin. I don't, are I don't. You, are you basing the picture off of his Wikipedia page or images on Google? I just Googled his image, like okay. images of him and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I could, I just couldn't think of an actor like off the top of my head. So I did some Google searching. I, I looked for young you know, actors in hero roles, basically. Yep. And he popped up because he's, he's, he's pretty ripped for a smaller guy. And he, he just, he has the face of a Robin that it's like, it's, he's innocent. But like, he yep. could probably beat the crap out of you. And I don't know. He, he, he stuck out to me when I was looking through, when I was looking for a, someone to fit that role. And I wanted someone younger so that he could eventually be Dick Grayson. Cause I think that would be dope. Or be Nightwing. Sorry. Also, Robin said Nightwing in this movie, he did. which I just caught or Bat on to. Boy. Yep. He, yeah, he said, yeah, Bat Boy or Nightwing or whatever. And he, that was great. I love So, that. with your, okay, so I went with a pick with more of a younger actor. I went with Khalil Harris from, um, I think, a movie that I saw most recent, uh, When They See Us. You've seen that one? Because um... my thought is I wanted, if I'm going to continue this story, this is always my thought. If we're doing three series, I want someone a little bit younger. So I was looking for someone that, you know, is actually younger and actually looks like younger. So we could have him play maybe a 15, you know, at the age of 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know this kid. Yeah. So it kind of just works out that he's still a kid and not like a young adult. That was kind of my thought with him. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and something where it's like, he's a little more on the scrawnier side. So it's like, you know, he's still athletic and, mobile but then we see like we get to see the progression of him you know putting on muscle mass through if we did a three you know three movie you know deal sure. or something like that that was that was my thought when i was thinking of casting this all right who is your chase meridian you just like who is your who you is again. your chase meridian uh my chase meridian would be evan rachel wood from evan? westworld wow even evan is she like your younger version of Nicole Kidman? Is that why? Basically. Yeah? Basically. Because I, like, when we were doing this, I was like, uh, I could just cast Nicole Kidman again, probably. I, I thought about that, too. It's like, but then I have to go, like, an older Batman a little, like, I feel, but, like, she still kind of looks, or she does still look youngish, 
but just be yeah. weird. Um, oh my gosh. So I went with Ellen Wong from Glow. If you've seen that, she's the... You said check out Glow. Glow's amazing. So I went... Never watched Glow. Fall. There you go. Okay, yeah, sure. So that's why I went with um, my Chase Meridian. All right. Who is your Riddler in your version? Oh, we're doing Riddler first. Okay. Yep. This was... Or do you want to do Two-Face first? It's up to you. No, no, no. We could do Riddler. That's fine. Okay, let's do Riddler. This was like my hardest one because I had... I had a lot of ideas in my head. This is and, my easiest and maybe, one. Really? Yep. Uh, I, I, this is probably a dumb one. Like this doesn't, this won't work. All right. But, but maybe it will. Um, <laughs> I'm the Riddler. <laughs> it's Mark. <laughs> um, Ken Jong as the Riddler. So, okay. Ken Jong is over the top. And he's a genius. Like, in real life, he's both of those things. I, I, he, and he can't be intimidating, which the Riddler is not intimidating. And, and that's why I just, I was like, Ken Jong. I don't know why. He just, he, maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of Community and I've been listening to the Darkest Timeline podcast with uh, him and, him and Joel McHale. But, I don't know. He was, every time I thought of the Riddler, I thought of Ken Jong, And I was like, sure. No, I, I think he probably could play a very, like, non-threatening but, like, secretly menacing and dark character. I think that would be right up his alley. Right, because if you watch the first season of Community and he's, like, he, you know, he's El Tigre. Um, he, he gets really intense, like, where it's, like, you're not really intimidated, but, like, you, you know you're supposed to be intimidated kind of thing. Um, and I don't know. That's the vibe he throws off, and I feel like that's the Riddler's whole vibe where he wants to be intimidating but he's not. But he is smarter than you. But you could still beat him up if you really wanted to. For sure. Uh, I picked Leonardo DiCaprio to be my Riddler. I want that. I know that was teased for, I think, The Dark Knight Rises. And yeah. I, I still want it now. So that's... I'm just... Clear cut. Give me Leo. I want it. And I want it now. You can never pay him enough, I don't think. I would pay him enough. I'm the producer of this movie. <laughs> All right. I could... Yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Short and sweet on that one. Um, there you go. <laughs> who is your Two Face? This is the one I'm actually the most proud. I, uh, I I'm really pr- I'm really proud of it. I don't know if it's the most I'm the most proud, but I'm really proud of it. Christian Bale as Two Face. Look at you pulling people back, pulling, pulling them back people in. Back. I'm pulling them back in, but in different roles. But yeah. like, think we all know of the the good for you uh, Christian yep. Bale scene. He could pull off a two face, like I mean, yeah, I mean, think of American Psycho. Yeah, no, like, yeah, he, he, he'd be perfect for that role. He's a perfect two face. My goodness, <laughs> we've just we 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 need to be part of DC's what if. We need to make them do that. Um, my two face is Eli Roth, who you might know. He's you know big horror director, but I just picture him still from Inglorious Bastards. Where he's the bear Jew and is just super. He, he just has great facial expressions. Yeah, and I just feel like yeah. you could really do a lot with him as Two Face. Yeah. Um, no, I like it. So that was yeah. my pick. All right, now for the big one. Who is your Batman? Who plays your Batman in Batman Forever? I want Henry Cavill as Batman. Yes, absolutely. He fits the mold physically. 
Then you watch The Witcher and you see like he could just be a serious guy like the entire movie. But then you then you also watch uh the uh the Mission Impossible movies in it's like oh he can also be this classy guy whenever he goes out. Like have you ever the seen dude the man from Uncle? Yes, he's amazing he in it. Great in that movie. He's amazing in it. And I'm just like why aren't they using him like as that for Superman? And then I thought about it I was like he'd make a perfect Batman. He can do the the grunts and all that and be angry and <laughs> he could be with angry. the he can be angry with the physical features that you really want in a Batman and then he can be this proper Englishman who like when you look at him you're just like that guy's obviously Batman cuz he's jacked <laughs> which is you know always been my issue when you look at like the comics because you look at the comics and you, you see Bruce Wayne in his in his uh like his actual suits and you're just like everyone can see his muscles right yeah, yeah. he just wears it a size larger <laughs> right like why can't people connect these dots like the dude's muscles are ripping out of his suits and his mansion is giant and you never see him late at night like these dots connect themselves i digress henry cavill i think would be the perfect perfect batman i think he, he would play a good one and maybe even a great one but my choice because i thought about henry cavill in this role too but I, I ultimately went with Army Hammer. You Army get a, Hammer's you get a been t- out there a while. Yeah, I mean, well, he's and he's only 33, too. Like, he's still a young dude. I mean, he's 6'5", fits that bill for, like, getting a tall Batman. He, I mean, he can pack on those pounds. I mean, he was originally cast to be in the 2007 Justice League when uh, Mad Max director was going to do a Justice League movie. So, I mean, obviously Hollywood thinks he can be Batman, so... And that's always been my thing. like, I... I've read all about that Justice League movie that was going to be and as army, like, you know, a younger version of Batman. So I want, I want army hammer to come back and reprise a role. He was never able to prize to begin with. I like it. I take it. All right. Bonus round right here. If you could add one or two characters and a storyline switch to your Batman forever, what do you add? If anything, to the movie or change storyline wise i think change storyline wise we talked about it earlier i would i would make two-face just serious the entire time and and like like you already have they already have the tension with Tommy Lee jones and jim carrey why not use that to your advantage in the movie why not have Tommy Lee jones like constantly like pissed off at the riddler throughout the movie like let him get that anger out on screen on screen like because then it's going to come across as real and it's if he's not being over the top all the time like it's just gonna it's gonna work better like so that would be my big switch for the movie obviously there's little things here and there that we already kind of talked about because i don't i don't want to change the entire movie maybe give us a timeline maybe give give us a one year later kind of thing i don't know like more like uh oh after they blew up the bat cave and blah 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 and maybe not abduct Chase Meridian there, but like it's been a year because he's been rebuilding the Batcave and Robin's been training and stuff like that. That I mean that's yeah that's that's a whole another thing. Like Robin goes from a, a a trapeze artist to a martial artist in a week. Um, um, and then the only other thing I would change is is more James Gordon and 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 more um batman using those detective skills because they kind of leaned into that at the beginning of the film Uh uh-huh and then went away from it as the film went on which kind of happened for a lot of things in this movie i feel like 
See, I can, I, I will, I will back everything you say. Those are changes I would make in my version. And this is where I wanted to get a little special with it. What I would do to kind of eliminate some of the, how they make their money and how they're able to grow this corporation so fast is you introduce Maxi Zeus as a character who's running like a rival corporation and he's infiltrated with Two-Face and the Riddler as well. My Maxi Zeus is going to be played by Joe Manganiello. So it's, he's going to fit the bill perfect. And that was my thought is Maxi Zeus runs like a, like a Verizon or an AT&T type of business where instead of TVs being able to track people's minds, we're now using 5G towers to do that sure. instead. And that's how they're doing it. Yeah, I'm making it go. total modern and yeah. and boosting those conspiracy theories. And so that would be my story to make it more modern in that sense. Oh my gosh, I just thought about this. But uh, when uh, Two-Face and the Riddler... Well, no, it was just Two-Face when he came and crashed the Riddler's party and he was asking everyone for their cell phones. And I was like... Why do you want their cell phones? Like, but back then, those things were actually worth something. And probably not traceable, too, like they are now. No, I like it. Yeah, it makes more sense on how you get your money, how you become... It would make more sense also, like, oh, now oh, now your stocks are 2 to 1 because you're not just in Gotham, you're everywhere. And, and yeah, so we make it more of like a global thing. And then how I would end this movie, instead of just a blank ending, them driving away, I want an ending where it sets up, sets up like another... You know, the one, the two and three movie with the Court of Owls. I just want... There you go. And I know Max is going to love that. So, obviously I'm getting Max as a writer or something for movie two and three. Dude, we need a Court of Owls so bad. We need it so bad. I hope that's what they do with uh, Pattinson. Like, that would be perfect. That's been a... Oh, I got one more thing, Robbie. Never going to get what we want. This is for the listeners. If you made it this far, I got a little something for you guys. God bless and, you. And ladies. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. If you made it this far, now you get a little treat. All right. I have... I've been thinking about... We haven't done one in a while, but I wanted to do a Funko giveaway. And how oh. I want this Funko giveaway to go is I'm going to have you guys, or all of you, the Infinity Bros universe, I'm going to give you a trivia question, and I'm going to, you know, this is what I want, or this is what we want. Um, so I'll give you the, the rules. So... What I want is, or what we want, I'm going to say that twice, hopefully Max edits it out, or maybe he doesn't, leaves it in there, because he likes to make us look like fools, who knows? Leave it all in. Leave it all in, who cares? Alright, so this is, so the question is, what film did Val Kilmer do instead of coming back to reprise his role as Batman in Batman and Robin? So what we, so what I want is when this episode drops, whenever that may be, I want you to comment your answer and then share the Facebook post to this. Or if you don't have Facebook, you can do the same thing on Twitter and retweet it. Or do this on Instagram, comment the, your answer and then share that post. And that's all you have to do. And we'll put you, and then we'll draw, we'll have a random drawing of a winner after two weeks from the drop of this podcast, whenever that may be. So all you have to do is, what is the f- film Val Kilmer did instead of coming back to Bat- for Batman and Robin? And that's it. So if you do all that, you'll get into a drawing, and we'll actually send you a, a Funko Pop. I will, because it's coming from my collection. That's, so it will be done. Choice. That's a good choice. 
Well, this has been fun, guys. And Robbie. How did, Robbie, are, are we going to do another one? Maybe this is our... We had to punch this one out to kind of get our feel for this, and maybe next time we just do a watch-along. Let's do Batman, let's do a Batman and Robin next. We'll do a watch-along. We'll have to plan that out. Maybe it'll be soon. Maybe it'll be a year or two. Who knows? Hopefully it's soon. Next time COVID happens? I don't know. Is COVID still a thing? I think it is. I mean, Florida just That's... had a blow-up of stuff, so who knows? Maybe it'll come back in another wave. This winter, we'll have time to do it. Who Perfect. knows? That works out. All right. Well, thank you very much, Robbie, for joining me in this podcast and watching batman forever today is my pleasure i can't wait for max to see that we spent an hour and a half talking about i really batman. was hoping for 45 minutes and we're giving him an hour and a half so buckle up max well he's hearing that now so whatever <laughs> thank you very much infinity bros universe we're glad to have you you can find us on facebook twitch youtube twitter instagram uh I think that's it. We don't have the we don't general. Have, we have a website. The uh, our website. I don't think that, we have an, that has all the links. I don't think we have an OnlyFans yet, but I know Robbie and Isaac are working on that, so they'll soon be coming. So just stay yes. tuned, everybody, and have a good night. Bye.